Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into Sunday's gospel reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Danny Sullivan. And I'm Father Rob Gallia. And this podcast is presented to you by FIG Ministry. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Well, welcome back to this podcast. Danny Danny is here settling down, putting her headphones on, and um, I've already started the podcast. I think you pressed record before <laughs> I was even in my seat. But that's okay. I'm, I'm prepared now. I've adjusted We're ready to the go. microphone. I'm ready. Let's go. Go, Danny. Go, Danny. Go, 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 Danny, Danny. Okay. So it's let's... our office theme song. <laughs> we change it up for whoever needs motivation, yes, maybe. that's right. I can't imagine you dancing to, to, well, to a motivational beat. I could not, I could not dance to that but amber and i so sometimes amber's one of our staff here who um, she's she's a very talented designer webmaster she's amazing and she works on tuesday she comes into the office and Sometimes we, if Janine's not here or she ducks out, me and Amber have dance parties where <laughs> no. we oh, like for about, we just have like one Taylor Swift wait, song. Wait, just hold on. Okay. Context. Okay. Because these are like the two most introverted <laughs> persons you could ever imagine. So just imagine yeah. them having a dance party. Okay. So if Awkward someone, like, alert. If someone okay. walks into the office, me and Amber are the first people to like put our headphones on and pretend we're like really <laughs> working so hard. We can't possibly have small talk but yeah as soon as everyone leaves the office me and amber are like is it taylor swift time and then we put on a taylor swift song and dance and i don't know i think she'll be okay with me saying this because we can't actually see it yeah but amber has a signature dance move which is amazing and if anyone describe it to us well it's hard to describe it's very subtle and it's called the squirrel dance oh my goodness so yeah so it's kind of dancing to look like a squirrel (laughs) (laughs) um it's amazing and that's probably the only thing I danced to, really. Wow. Okay. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I am glad. I am glad I'm not in the office. That's that only often. on Tuesday mornings. Um, who do you, who would you dance to? Well, I don't. I don't dance. Like even I, honestly, I've tried to dance alone. You know, when you're alone, there's dancing. But I, I then I catch a glimpse at myself in the in a mirror and I stop immediately. Oh. Like even to my in my own eyes. I have, I'm so awkward and stiff in my movements. Got to dance like no one's watching. Yeah, I do dance like nobody's watching, but then I see myself and then I stop. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I do love a good dance party. In my house, I dance a lot. Yeah, kind so of like, especially when I'm cleaning, because the cleaning isn't a fun activity. So I make it fun by dancing. Yeah, I sing a lot. Mm. I sing, I sing um, when I'm home. I, I sing really out loud. And I think I, I imagine the other priests hearing me singing in the in the background and sometimes really loud and passionately. Wow. Yeah. Lucky them. I don't try, so I possibly could be out of tune then. But I think it's just, especially when I'm praying. Oh my gosh. When I'm praying, I pace very often. I just walk. I pace all the time. Okay. <laughs> we, we have like an inside joke in the office that we're like, oh, Father Rob's here. Like we don't actually need the chairs because he's just walking yeah. up and down the whole time. I pace. But that's the way my mind works. I, I pace and I think. If I sit down, I get restless. But that's just, uh, um, uh, although, yeah, sometimes I sit down. We'll make a mobile podcast desk so you can just walk yeah, around. My oh. <laughs> my mind is moving here, okay. so so my mind is pacing in this case. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Today's gospel reading, <laughs> we're going to read from Luke chapter seventeen, verses eleven to nineteen. And I think again, this is a story that we all know. Um, but let's try and see if there are some hidden treasures in this in this um, gospel reading, maybe that we haven't thought of before, hasn't been pointed out to us before. So there you go. And let's 
take it away, Danny. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went there, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then said Jesus, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Yeah. Wow. And this is a a story from desperation, absolute desperation to hope. And we need to understand as well context of the sickness, context of of the desperation of of this encounter with, with the lepers. And I know that you probably would have heard this, but to be a leper was nothing like what we could understand today. To be a leper was the worst of the worst of the worst because, um, first of all, leprosy wasn't just um, the sickness leprosy. It could have been any skin disease. Even if you came up with boils or if you got eczema or something like that, all of a sudden you became this outcast and you were pushed out by your family. You were pushed out by people, by the community. And all of a sudden you're by yourself in this desert. And this is where Jesus was. He was between Galilee and Samaria. And he was in the middle of nowhere. And whoop whoop, we'd say in Australia. Whoop whoop means in... Nowhere. It It means nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just in, in this place. And all of a sudden he encounters these guys who probably have heard of him. Maybe someone was newly um, isolated and they had heard of Jesus, they had seen Jesus and all of a sudden these guys run towards him and some of them were Samaritans, some of them were Jews. We know at least there was one Samaritan and we know also that the Samaritans didn't speak to the Jews. They just wouldn't talk to one another. Yeah, so it was understood that, you know, Jewish people and Samaritans didn't coexist as friends. They didn't talk to each other. And that was quite radical that Jesus, it wasn't, this isn't the first time he's encountered a Samaritan or spoke about Samaritans. He, you know, encountered the woman at the well, or there was the good Samaritan in the story, the parable that he told. Like it's something that he really is trying to show his apostles and show the Jewish people that he is there for everyone. And Samaritans aren't excluded because they're Samaritans. Yes. And again, coming back to the things we've been bringing out over the last Mm. few weeks is that speaking to the Pharisees, to the Jews, who thought that um, they are going to heaven, they're guaranteed they're going to heaven and the Gentiles are going, and including the Samaritans, uh, are, are going to hell unless they convert and whatever. And Jesus is saying, no, no, heaven is for anyone who accepts me and who lives according to my name and my purpose. And um, hell is for those who reject me and reject those whom I love. And so um, it comes to this place, again, accepting. And it's a beautiful place because we know there's Samaritans and there are Jews. And so it's this common suffering you see, even though Jews and, and Samaritans wouldn't talk, but all of a sudden these guys, they didn't care that they were Jews or Samaritans. They were people with leprosy, people who were outcasts, people who were isolated, people who were hated. And so they g- gathered together um, as a family. And that's what suffering does. Eh? It's, uh, suffering unites us. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about suffering. Um, sometimes we think of suffering as only a negative thing, but there's also a lot of beauty, a lot of goodness that comes out of suffering and isolation and being an outcast. Because at that place, we gather together with people who share that same suffering. And I think that, yeah, when there's a group of people suffering in the same thing, they're all outcast together, then it becomes 
you know, you're more encouraged and more enthused to find a way out. Yes. So these, you know, there might have been 10 people that were like, yeah, Jesus will heal us. But there might have only been at the start eight and then the other two joined and all of a sudden they got excited and enthused as well. Yes. Like, you know, that's the community and that's, you know, where two or three are gathered, then Jesus will listen. And, and that's they, exactly what's happened. Exactly. So they br- they brought each other as mm. well as a broken community came to Jesus and came to Jesus authentically. Eh? Mm. One thing I find really interesting is, as it stated, like they stood at a distance because by law they had to. Yeah. They had to stay, was it 50, 50, 50 yards? yards away from? I don't know what 50 yards is, but it I sounds like a distance. 50 yards away from the, the next person. So if they were any closer, they'd walk around with bells, okay, Those and they have to shout by law, shout and say, unclean, unclean unclean mm. and so people would know where they were where the lepers were so they wouldn't step anywhere close to them so it was a really desperate isolation like no touch no community no friendships even your closest friends you were rejected by those so there's an absolute incredible suffering apart from the actual physical ailment if it was eczema i can imagine the torture there but leprosy also is a, a, it's a horrible disease even where literally fingers and noses would fall off um off of the body and it was incurable it was an incurable disease that makes this healing just so much bigger when you realize it's not just a physical there you know their skin clears up or what it might Mm. be but all of a sudden they can have their family back they can have their friends back they can go to the temples again and socialize with people they have community again exactly in the regular community they don't need to you know yell at people that they are unclean anymore like there's so much physical and emotional and social healing that jesus does in this miracle and going back to the community with a deeper understanding of a wider community, so then with new friends who were Samaritans. And I think this is, again, um, remembering uh, in, in suffering, we remember only that we are people of need. And that's the law of nature. I, I suppose suffering draws people together. Mm. Um, even nature, you know, when there's a flood or a natural disaster, um, animals gr- gather to a high point, to a, a place where they're not going to be drowned. But so in places where there are different animals, you have snakes next to kangaroos in Australia, things that would naturally be enemies, naturally would attack one another, but they're not attacking or eating each other because they're in this place of suffering they're they're peacefully there waiting for help and waiting for nature to to go back to to what it was created to be and again this is what suffering does it gathers us together in peace Uh, this is the one thing they had in common those who are suffering all of a sudden they were drawn together with their common need for god a common need for healing and so this is what god gave them this healing of body mind soul emotions community all of a sudden they were free can you imagine their life would never be the same again all their dreams all that they've been praying for all of a sudden it's answered but there's no gratitude Mm. only one person went to thank jesus I've received so much grace in my life. You know, I just think about the amazing graces I receive every day. And one thing I make a point every day, every day, honestly, even I sit in my car and I don't think there's a day I sit in my car and I just say, Jesus, thank you for this car. You know, I hold my dog and I say, Jesus, 
thank you for my dog. I sleep in my bed. You know, I say, thank you, Jesus, for my bed. I, I thank God all the time. It's about having this attitude of gratitude, about being people who, who by, by habit, become a people of thanksgiving. Because otherwise we start to take things for granted. And this is where Jesus, in a sense, gets upset. This is where the gospel writer says, hey, something's disordered here. When, then, when there are 10 of you, where are, the, where are the other nine? Only one came to with this attitude of gratitude. Yeah, so this scripture does show us that they didn't have that attitude of gratitude, um, the other nine. But one thing that really struck me was that they had this deep faith where Jesus didn't heal them and then say, go and show yourselves to the priest. Like he said, go and show yourselves. And on the way they were cleansed. So they went with that attitude like, yep, he like he said go and that we can show ourselves as clean. And on the way they were cleansed. And I think that that's so beautiful. So they had the faith, but then it's that gratitude that should flow back from that. Like we can go and ask Jesus and, you know, knock and keep knocking and you'll receive. Yeah. And But then it's turning back and realizing what, what a grace and what a gift it is that he is faithful and he does heal us. And so like, I, I didn't realize that. Like, so the scripture says that they were, they, but, they weren't immediately healed. Yeah. So it's go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Wow. Yeah. So as they went, they were cleansed. So that's acting in faith. Yeah. So they had that faith, but then it's, they didn't have that gratitude to run back to Jesus and thank yes. him straight away. Whereas this Samaritan, I think, well, it sounds like before he even got to the priest. So on the way he realized he was cleansed, ran straight back to Jesus to thank him. Wow. And so that shows even the yeah. greatest gratitude. So he goes there, they're running down as they're running here. Just imagine, well, look, my hands are getting better. Yeah. We get, And by the time they get to the priests, they're healed. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how God works with us sometimes, eh? when he asks us to trust in him, even though we don't see the results. And it, you know, it's reminding me of something that you had mentioned as well in last week's gospel um, um, podcast, is that um, the centurion, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So Jesus he, uh, sort of offers to go to this centurion's house. But instead, the centurion who has that same faith Mm. says, no, 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 I don't need you to be in my house. I'm not worthy for that. But you just say the word and I know miles away that my my servant will be healed. Mm. And yeah, so this is the same like um, trusting in God, a beautiful trust in God. Absolutely. And even another aspect of that, the faith of these 10 is that... I don't know, something that struck me is that, you know, they had to shout at Jesus from a distance. Yeah. And they did because they knew that he could help them. However they found that out, they knew that, but they couldn't go close to him. And I just reflect on my own life, like how many times have I tried to stay away from Jesus because, yeah, I have the attitude of I'm not worthy, so I don't want to get too close (laughs) or I'm ashamed, so I don't want to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. But Jesus is here like, so willing to heal and so ready to come and embrace me. But yeah, it's often our own kind of thoughts where like, no, I'm not worthy or no, I'm not clean or I'm not good enough or my life isn't together. So I'll stay at a distance from Jesus. So I, cause yes. I can't approach him, but he's so ready to approach us. And he didn't care. Eh? He did, I, I imagine the Jesus I know at least he wouldn't care. He just walked towards them mm. and love them and embrace them. And, and this is what God does for us. He loves us. And sometimes we're guilty. We don't feel worthy. Mm. And we think God is going to take away something rather than give us something. But this is what God gave. But then at the same time, he also expects this gratitude, this attitude of gratitude. Because I think if we are not a people of gratitude, it's, it's 
bringing out a sense of pride that, hey, we take things for granted, we take, we take God for granted. And God does expect devotion. He does expect worship and, and for us to, to give worth where it is due. And I think that's a beautiful thing about the one that returned is that when he returned, um, there's two things he did. One was that he praised God. He returned praising God. He gave credit where credit is due. It wasn't about, you know, I'm healed now and I'm back in society. It was God is good. Mm. God is incredible and all praise and glory to him. And then he fell on his face in front of Jesus. Like he acknowledged who he was in front of. Like what a powerful thing it was. Yeah. Like just this attitude of it's glory to God, praising God, and then humility before Jesus. Bow down. And so that's what worship is. Worship, the word is sort of in English, you can take worship, giving something its worth. But also it comes from the the word, the Greek word proskuneo, which means to bow down in obedience. Not obedience, but obedience in honor towards something. So it's to prostrate yourself, proskuneo, to bow down and give something its worth in worship, to lower ourselves and elevate that something else. And this is what God expects. He expects worship because he deserves the worship. It's not because we're good or because God um, wants us to be subject to him, but because simply because he deserves it. And we need to be, as Catholics, as Christians, we need to be a people of worship who spend time every day in worship, in every day acknowledging God, acknowledging his greatness, his providence and his love. And a beautiful thing about this, you know, just worship of God and understanding of who he is and how he loves us, that can overflow into, you know, so many of our circumstances. Like it's not just healing, but it's, as you say before, Father Rob, like just being grateful for everything we have. And, you know, that goes from our workplaces to our families, our parents, everything in our life, you know, that just, that's a gift from God. And that comes because he's good and because he loves us. And then we also need to in humility, just give him praise and thanks for those gifts. Mm. And being a person of, of worship, of a, a proskuneo, of a person who is um, a, a person who gives God his worth, we as a, a, a consequence give God his worth in others, God his worth in, in, in nature, God his worth in, in circumstances. And we become a joyful people, a happy people, a positive people, as opposed to always expecting from the world and the world to bow to us. And people who are negative are people who expect the world and expect parents and expect nature and expect circumstances to bow to us. When it doesn't work that way, we bow to God in all. We bow to God in every part of our life. And and sometimes things go our way, sometimes they don't, but God still deserves to be worshipped. He still deserves to be given his worth. And this is where gratitude helps being and this is what this person did this this leper he came back when not taking it for granted or thinking hey okay um i didn't deserve the suffering so um i'm back to normal no but far out like in an incredible sense far out it's just i cannot believe that i've come back i cannot believe that i'm healed and to be a person of thankfulness and coming that we can imagine the joy it would have brought that leper um, to come back to God with thanks and, and the love that he would have had for Jesus because of that. And so it's also being grateful, grateful for people around us, for the things we have, for our parents, 
being grateful for the love they have shown us. Can you imagine how much, how many sacrifices our parents have made for us? You know, from sacrificing their their time, their energy, their attention, their lives, and then sometimes we don't we don't take we take it for granted. Eh? We don't thank them, and and the minute they become a nuisance in an extreme circumstance, we even get rid of them. And so we just need to be uh, people who who see God and honor God and give God His worth, uh, even in in our parents. Yeah, and as well as parents, there's so many relationships in our life that sometimes we forget to be grateful for. Yeah. And, you know, these are, yes, other family relationships or friendships, colleagues, you know, so many. Strangers even. Strangers, yeah, or, you know, the person that you share the commute with every day. Like Mm. they're even a small part of your life and we forget to be grateful for those things, for those people sometimes. But then also I guess an attitude that we should have with others is to build them up like especially when others have success and we might feel that we're not succeeding or we're not receiving a blessing that we're really praying for whatever it might be where we're tempted to I guess have an attitude of jealousy or to maybe help ourselves up when we could help someone else up like having that humility and understanding that we want to build each other up and then kind of being grateful as well like as you were saying like joyful like grateful for the opportunity to help someone else and grateful for what we have and because Mm -hmm. we are grateful for what we have and with this attitude of Mm -hmm. gratitude that we can be also um, at peace when other people are, are raised up as opposed to being or feeling threatened. Mm. And so um, to wish others well as well. And that's, we're honoring God. We're giving gratitude to God as we uh, wish the success of others. Mm. And then that brings us also to being grateful to God. As I was saying, you know, driving your car, thanking God for, for for the gift of your car before a meal. Why do we have grace before meals? Not because it's a law to do so. It's because it's building again that attitude attitude of being grateful towards others, grateful for the gifts that we have. So thank God before meals, thank God before um, going out, thank God uh, and pray for others. As Catholics, we use grace before meals because as a tradition, it's a, a reminder to us to be grateful. Traditionally, which grace do you say? Because in our family, we said it very fast Mm -hmm. for every meal. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as I got older, I realized that there was like from thy goodness or from thy bounty. Yes. Inserted. So like we would just bless us our Lord and these are just about to receive through Christ our Lord. Amen. Ah, okay. And we were done. We had thanks <laughs> God and now it's time to eat. And then as an adult, I was like, oh, we can say other words in there. So now I get really nervous when I pray grace with others. I'm like, are they a bounty family? Or, <laughs> or a, not? We're a bounty family. Okay. We're so not a bounty family. <laughs> we, we, um, well now today, most of the time I just say in, in my own words, but, um, one of the things, yeah, we'd say, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. So that's how we'd say. It. But then we'd say, and may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. We'd take that opportunity as well to pray for, for those who ha- have died, those that's in purgatory. Really beautiful. Yeah, and my father was always upset about that. He said, why are we praying for dead people before our meal? But it is, again, a tradition to remember those who are suffering and those suffering in in purgatory, okay? So uh, as well to pray for them in gratitude for their lives as well and in gratitude for their eventual salvation in Mm -hmm. heaven. 
And so, yeah, the thanking God and also the way we return to God in gratitude. We go to Sunday Mass and we go in gratitude towards God. And that's what the Eucharist means. Eh? It means Eucharistia, which means thanksgiving, to thank God for the, His goodness in our life. So again, out of overflow of what we have received, we go to Mass on a Sunday to receive Him and to be again filled to overflowing. I think that's something we can learn from this leper that was healed is that when he realized the healing, he turned back. Like he mm. didn't keep going. And I mean, yeah, like this kind of immediacy to thank God in every in every single moment of our lives. That's when right. we remember that we haven't thanked him recently, not to be like, oh, don't worry, I'll pray about it later. But like in that moment and just with immediacy, run back to thank him. Yes. Immediacy. Is that a word? Do you know what it means? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I gather the, <laughs> the gist of it. Yeah, I, I might be aware. I think that it would be beautiful to have a podcast one day where you don't make fun <laughs> of my questionable English. Immediacy. I don't know. It might be a word. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but uh, the, it's, it is this uh, coming back to God with immediacy, <laughs> without, without delay. So <laughs> she's looking at me. She's giving me a death step. Mom, help me. And? Uh, and you don't need to help me to be more. Oh, that's, this, this is how I feel right now. Uh, that's that. Okay. So we've reached the end of our podcast. <laughs> what um, a note to finish on. Psalm 103 um, again comes to my mind. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. He who heals all your diseases and forgives all your sins. Let us be a people of gratitude, a people who thank God for everything, the good, the bad, everything in our lives. And understand that being a person of gratitude, we are giving worship, we're giving honor to a God who promises us joy, promises us peace. So we'd love to hear from you. I'm going to hand over to Danny to conclude this, um, uh, this podcast. Uh, yeah, please get in touch with us, FIG Ministry at social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, send us an email if that's your thing, podcast at com. Snail mail. Snail mail. Every well, do, people it's do a, send no, letters. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's just, it's longer than podcast at FIGministry.com. Your box 96. Strathdale. Victoria. Australia. And then postcode 3550. C. No, no, not C. C is yes in Italian. <laughs> Sorry. So, yes. Yeah. Sometimes Father Rob will come in and like speak a whole Italian sentence or whatever it might yeah, be. And, and the only word I can do is C. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank Please you. subscribe, subscribe, and we'll um, hear, you'll hear from us again next week. Mm. God bless. Bye. Ciao.